goodness. So Joe Crummy and I go back to, gosh, like 2005, 2006, I want to say, when we both worked at Clear Channel. And I was a sports guy. And I was even working on the weekend as our weekend producer at Clear Channel. And our program director, Lori Cantillo at the time, told me one day, Joe, you're smart. You should do sports. You should do news because uh, I was doing sports. And I, I started to get into news with some of these weekend shows. But it wasn't until I worked with Joe Crummy that I really started to dig the news and get into it. And Joe was a super fun guy on the air. He joined me today. We talked about the pandemic, being free, his podcast a little bit, which is called Evil Thoughts. And we shared some truly Evil thoughts. Give it a listen. Out of the hat. All right. All right. God, you make it so hard for me to kiss your ass. Dude, dude, I had to finish the previous episode that I was uh, saving. Now you can pucker up, and I'm ready. Go. Jesus Christ. So, you know, I see the union out of the hat, and I go, you know what? Let's check it out. Yeah. And and it's all these episodes, at least the ones I heard, are with your dad. And I just wanted to tell you, just because you might not get this, that he loves that show. He loves talking to you, and it was so sweet that you were talking to your dad. It sounds like his dad was kind of a dick. <laughs> My grandfather was, uh, I mean, he was a, a good guy, but yeah, he was uh, certainly, uh, you know, I mean, come well, on. You know what that generation was like. It was, I mean, what was your dad like? Was he uh, a big fuzzy not teddy much. bear? No, not much better. But, yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm just saying, no, but I mean, he told this really sad story about how he came. You know, he was always going to throw the ball with his dad. Yeah, always going to throw the ball. Yeah, talking about it, talking about it, and he never did it. And then one day he came home and he was shooting hoops. I think your dad said yes, and he tossed it to your dad, who threw it back to him. And by the time he was going to throw it back to him, he was already in the doorway going in the house. Correct. He took like one shot and then took off. My dad's talked to me about that before. I knew that one was coming. But yeah, it's a, it's a big Christ. downer. But no, my dad, yeah. I wanted him to, you know, fill out this book with all those stories and he wouldn't do that. Right. He said he felt like he would right. lose his voice. So I decided you know, hey, let's do the podcast, and I've had to coax him a little bit, but I've told him, like, hey, everybody will get to hear your voice, and you can say whatever the heck you want and put whatever emotion you want into it, and we'll just talk and hang out. And I love to hear my dad's stories, and I hope the day never comes, but, you know, God forbid, 50 years from now, when my dad is like 118, I I still want to be able to hear those stories and get the fond memories. You know, that's a beautiful thing, Joe, because, you know, all I really have, I have I have some of my dad, but not a lot. You know, I have my dad on my phone answering machine. I still have that. Yeah. I have him being interviewed on uh, a uh, uh, in New York about being a soldier. I can still watch a CD of my dad if I want to. And um, 
I, I wish I had more. Right. The stories he used to tell and all that bullshit. I wish I'd written it down. I wish I'd done more video. I've got so I've got other videotapes of my dad from my other computer and stuff uh, of him on the phone talking to people. And uh, that's all I've got, though. I think you're really smart. You know, have a couple of hours of your dad just bullshitting. And uh, it was just great because I could tell, you know, because I remember my dad and I think the older they get, they're really, really happy to be talking to their sons, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, hanging out. And it's a beautiful thing that you did. And I'm and I'm glad you called me because it gives me the opportunity to tell you that. I it's love great. to have my butt kissed. And, uh, you know, I was actually thinking yesterday because I yeah. love doing what I'm doing. I'll, I'll pat myself right. on the back. And it's just right. hanging out with people, having conversations. And oftentimes yeah. I don't give them any heads up. Like you had no idea I was calling today, correct? Correct. But I was uh, thinking a little bit for the last few weeks about like you and I haven't connected in what, probably six months or a year? Probably. Oh, yeah. And you're you're I'm going to, you know, nail you to the wall right now. You are not the best about picking up and calling, but you're always happy to talk when I do nail you down. Is that a fair description? (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But uh, here I am now. No, I know. Exactly. But I want to kiss your butt a little bit, too, because, uh, A, you were a great teacher to me. Um, You helped make me a better host and producer. And now I am an executive producer in, like, my third year here at KTAR as EP. And, like, you're 13 overall. And I got to work with you at two radio stations. You're a big, You're a big deal. And, you know, I really don't feel like my radio career started to take off until I got to work with you. And I put a lot of hard work into it. And, gosh, I remember there would be some days I'd call you up and be like, hey, bro, we got to do this show. And you'd be like, hang on, my kid's doing homework. And now your kid is like a freaking junior in college. Yes, he is. uh, And he is going to be a double major with a minor in legal (laughs) studies. Close the border, man. He is. Oh, this guy. Oh, yeah. I still have that tape, too. I still have that. It's in my machine. I still have it. Close yeah. the border. I still have That's that. crazy. It, oh, yeah. I still have him try to teach him how to add and all that in my 360, uh, you know, systems uh, digital deck. I still have it. And, uh, yeah, I remember that. I mean, you and I go way back. And I remember the night that Mark Pelercio, Mark Pelercio and I took you out to dinner and you were going to take over for Mark. I Where did we that. go? Do you remember that? Stockyard. We went to the stockyard or whatever it was. I don't remember. I, I vaguely recall that we went to dinner now that you mentioned right. that. But but I don't even remember Wasn't where we went. But what I can tell you is I remember what? interviewing for the gig. And, right. you know, I, I always wanted to do sports. And Lori Cantillo, you know, our, our PD at the time, she told oh, yeah. me, like, you know, Joe, you're really smart. You should do news. And I was like, okay. But I didn't know the first thing about news. I couldn't have told you how many, you know, representatives we had in Arizona. I couldn't have told you who the governor was. I couldn't tell you anything, but I've grown to love it. And it was fun working with you because it wasn't just like, okay, here's the three topics we're going to do today. And, uh, you know, it it wasn't drudgery. You made made it a lot of fun. And I hope I made you better, too. 
Oh, it was great, uh, Joe. And it, it's great to hear that you're the executive producer. I, I thought you and you've been the the EP now for a number of years, though, already. Is that correct? Three years. Yeah. But uh, I've got big goals, man. I was I was thinking more this morning about how, you know, my my boss out here, Ryan Hatcher, a VP of programming, he knows I want to be a program director myself. And Whoa. I would love to uh I would love to do that. I still love hosting, which is tough to you know balance those two separate goals. Um, I feel more pulled in the program director direction now, and networking with PDs and trying to get more of that under my belt, and growing my producers and uh, assuming the position, as I like to say, of middle management, yeah. where uh, where I get to take it from the upper management and uh, my employees as well. It's uh, it's uh, yeah, right. It's You're quite middle, a task. Right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. You take it from all sides. Yes, correct. Uh, yeah, but you know, the other cool thing about it is, though, that I think now you're—I think you and I, when I, when I was in New York, I started to tell you this, because uh, I remember I was jogging one night, you called me, and I pulled over by the Hudson, and we were talking, and I, I remember telling you, you know, you know you're know, you in Phoenix. That is not—that is probably a really good market to be in, and so you have been uh, very fortunate to be— in Phoenix, and you were at KFYI when it was pretty hot. I don't know if it is now. And then you go to KTAR, and uh, to me, that's like a real radio station. I think a lot of radio stations are not doing all that well right now. Do you know that WABC uh, gave up their studios at Two Penn Plaza? I did not. Um, yeah, they did. I don't know where they are now. I really well, don't give a shit, but yeah, I mean, they gave like, them up. Like New York radio, it probably was a, a talk hotbed back in the day, but now... You know, it it doesn't seem like you know New York is is hot to trot really for talk because so much of it is AM and a lot of talk has moved to FM. Uh, KTAR yeah. is huge. I mean, we've been doing this for ninety plus years, and I right. want to be here when we celebrate a hundred years, which is uh, not well, too far down the road. And no, um, no, I I love it here. You know, we're the heritage station of of Arizona and Phoenix, and doesn't and get any bigger out here. It? Yes, right. hmm. it doesn't. And you know what what what's happened to New York is that the shows are all syndicated and stuff like that. Correct. Whereas on Correct. KTAR-FM, I think most of your day, I haven't checked, but I think most of your day is live and local, am I right? Well, let's talk about our, our wonderful programming lineup right now. You can start at 5 a.m. with Jim Sharp and Jamie West, Arizona's Morning News. And then there after you that, you get uh, Mike Broomhead, who is a uh, KFYI departure. He's uh, 8 till noon. And then uh, we do fill your afternoon with uh, a 15-minute KTAR News expansion and then an hour and 45 minutes of financial advice with Dave Ramsey. And then we get okay. uh, we get going at two o'clock until six with uh, Larry Gatos and Chad Benson, the Gatos and Chad Show. So wow, now, whatever happened to Mac? What happened to him? He I know he left for lots of reasons. I think yeah. one time you were going to tell me a bunch of shit. What uh, yeah. what happened? Well, that's that's not for the podcast, bro, which we're recording at the moment. But we can certainly get into that at some point. But what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sharing that on the podcast, bro. I'm not. I'm not bearing all of my soul. This is time to talk to Joe about Joe things, not the other oh, Joe really? about Joe things. Yeah, uh, but, we can talk about that. But I mean, so you are rolling tape on this? You are recording this? Yeah, hundred percent. Do Do you want me to get rid of it? <laughs> no, no, keep it going. It's I, I mean, dude, I yeah, I told you I was going to call you back from another number. I thought you knew what was up. 
No, no. So this is a. So I'm. A, am I on uh, out of the hat now? Y- you are correct. We are ten minutes oh, and thirty no. seconds in, and again, I will give no. you a first right of refu- refusal if you want me to. No, no, no. It's to all good. Delete. So I'm happy to. I don't want to put anything out there you don't want out there. No, no, no. It's all good. So okay. just to go back and kiss your butt again for okay. a second. Yeah. Um, just back to out of the hat. So I really enjoyed it, Joe. I just wanted to know that we're actually, geez, I can't believe this is going to be on your thing. Yeah. So I'm going to be up there with your dad and all these guys. That's great. He really loved hearing you, and I loved hearing it, and it was very relaxed, and it was very good. There's going to be and, more of know, my dad. I've got a whole book of stuff to get into and stuff that won't be brought up in the book to get into. And I, I love it. talking with him about that stuff. Usually... You know, both days on the weekend, sometimes during the week as well, we just shoot the breeze. And, you know, my mom will chime in a little bit as well, though she, it's funny, I would say that my mom was more of a driving force to get me into radio and certainly pushed me to follow my dreams more than my dad initially. But now, Uh, if I want to talk about stuff, like my mom is pretty quick to try to pass the phone over to my dad and to... uh, you know, I can get more out of him, whereas my mom clams up a little bit, which is funny because my mom has plenty to say. And one of these days I'll get her on her on here, too. Yeah. Judging by the things you've said over the years now that I know we're going to run this. Uh, yeah. I, well, let me know when that show comes on. I want to hear that. one. Oh, I'll get her on. Don't worry. She'll come on. <laughs> and um, how are how are your mom and dad, by the way? I mean, what's it like, you know, uh, you know, back in the old country? What's going on? So they're, you know, just, they're technically Ann Arbor, Michigan. They have an Ann Arbor mailing address, though they live just outside right. of Ann Arbor, I would say. Right. Um, so my dad, him and I were talking last night about COVID, and, you know, he was saying to me, he's like, God, you know, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm 6'2", I'm, you know, 200 plus pounds. I'm worried if I get this thing, I would be a goner. And I told right. him, well, uh, well, let's not get it then. Let's uh, let's get back on the walk train and, you know, start putting in our two or three miles a day. And, I mean, they're being right. responsible. They're doing their thing. I'm sure you're trying to be responsible as well. I don't know. You can tell me that, uh, you know, you think the whole thing is a hoax. I I have not been the best, though I, I see on Facebook you are still, you're bigger than ever with evil thoughts. You're just cranking them out. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah. And uh, and I love I that. And I want to let it. you plug away. But uh, so my parents are doing good. They will go out. They're kind of like me. They'll go to a restaurant. They'll grab some food, but they're not eating out right now. Um, you know, my dad, overweight, underlying health conditions, myself, overweight, underlying health conditions. You know, my mom, upper 60s. We're all just trying to do what we think is responsible. But at the end of the day. I think whatever people feel is in their own best interest, I'm cool with that. If whatever they want to do, that's that's fine by me because I see a ton of uh, geezer types uh, before the mask mandate went into effect who would go to the grocery store, who would go out to restaurants, who don't wear a mask. And I think a lot of people have this feeling like, hey, when it's my time, it's my time. It's a stupid virus. If it if it takes me, it takes me. Yeah, you know, uh, we are. I see more people wearing masks than ever before. Same here. I, uh, Have to out here. I, yeah, you know, I mean, and the thing is, I, I, I'm respectful of people. I mean, I'm, you know, not into masks. I'm not into the virus. I'm not into any of that. But I would never... If you go into a store and they ask you to put a mask on, which is pretty much by law you have to anyway. Yeah, you know, you're you know, uh, Gavin Newsom. He's like cracked the whip out there. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because I talk to people and they go, well, how are you? And I go, I'm fine. Well, they go, well, isn't L.A. a hot spot? And I go, well, they say it is, but, you know, I don't know anybody that has that. 
And uh, and uh, and I, I talked to a friend of mine that I used to work with at KFI and KABC, mm-hmm. and he's in Vegas, and he was going, you know, do you know anybody that has it? And I go, no. So I, well, you do know a couple yeah. people. Um, you know a couple people. Obviously, uh, you don't know her personally, but Gatos's mom had it and passed away. Oh, did she? Did did was it? It wasn't fatal, was it? Well, she had other underlying health conditions. She was already hospitalized, and was it? What, did it? What was it? Fatal? She passed away. Yes. I think I remember yeah. him saying something on Facebook. Maybe. Oh, yeah. gee, I'm sorry to hear yeah. that. Well, so, that's the thing. You have these other conditions. And then, and Wait, then another know, one who you know. Do you remember when you were doing your Phoenix radio? Do you remember the sports show Gambo and Ash? Yes, I remember the Well, name, now but, it's yeah. Burns and Gambo, but uh, Mark Asher had uh, COVID as well, and he's doing fine now, though, but he was diagnosed with it, but he's doing good. Right. Well, how bad did it get? Uh, I haven't talked to him personally, but he posted that he had it, and, um, oh. you know, he's he's fine. He's back with his family now, but I believe he was away from them for a couple weeks because he didn't want yep. his wife or kids to get it. So No, I think I may have had it. Really? Why do you think yeah, that? Because it was. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the story. So last, when was it? February fifteenth. Yeah, I got this new tenant that's going to rent. You know, one of my things. The venomous skeeter room. Uh, well, let me just let me just get to the the okay. point. Okay, okay. So he, so he, before I, I rent to him, I meet him. This is maybe back in December or something. And he says he's going to Japan. <laughs> and I go, oh, that's good. He's really in Japan. You know, and then everything's cool, and we get into January, you know, Christmas, and then January. And then uh, my kid, uh, we start hearing about the virus. And my kid, his roommate was from China, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and the kid, my, my kid started talking about how his roommate, whose name was Yorin, by the way, um, w- was talking about the Wuhan sickness. When he got back in January after Christmas vacation, his roommate was probably one of the last people to get out of China to get back to the United States before they closed the airports, etc. Mm-hmm. So he was talking about the Wuhan virus, I remember. This is a long time ago. So I was kind of on my radar. Then I meet, the, the again, for the second time, the guy that's going to rent from Japan, a room for me, and he comes back, and I go. He goes, "Yes, I'm just back from Japan." Now I'm aware of the virus and all that BS that went with it. And as he shakes my hand, I say, "If you give me the virus, you know," I said, "I'll kill you." <laughs> and I was jo- I was joking. And he said, "Well, if you've got the virus, you're going to die anyway." You know? Oh, jeez. So, I know. So it was. We were joking. We. I mean, right? You know, we're joking. It's funny. Ha ha. And anyway, so we're joking, and sure enough, two weeks later, after shaking his hand, and he he went all through Japan, where there was much more virus, I think, at the time than anybody realized. Mm-hmm. And two weeks later, I start getting these weird flu conditions. Not so much, you know, I've been much worse before, but so much so that in the afternoon, I might lie down for an hour. You know, or two, you know, I might go in the afternoon. And I had a weird sword throat. And I remember, and then everybody's talking about the virus. This is before the WHO said it was a pandemic and before all the toilet paper disappeared, which in L.A. was about the, the day after the WHO said it was a pandemic, which would have been, what, March 16th? Like March 12th, I 13th, I want to say. Yeah, somewhere in there. Anywhere between the 12th and the 17th is when they said it's a pandemic. And then two days later, I think, the market... 
my local market looked like it got hit by a hurricane. You know, everything was on the floor and all the toilet paper was gone for six weeks. Sure. And uh, I just remember before all that even happened, I remember going through a weird sore throat and I was gargling the salt water. And I was saying to myself, I don't want this again too far deep into my lungs. And it never did. But it was just a weird kind of floozy feeling. And it went away. I uh, I also felt funky in February. Mine, I just had the cough that would not go away. Yeah, you had the February funk. I just felt like I had a cough that lasted for like a month, and it would just not go. I never had a fever, and it was weird because I hadn't seen my parents in about 18 months, and I flew the first week of March from Phoenix to Detroit. And I remember before I got on the flight, I went to the grocery store. So right before the pandemic and I got the last bottle of it was like a fries brand, but it's like the equivalent of like Clorox wipes. And it was a small bottle of them. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, I want to have these if I get on the plane just because right. I always get sick and I've never done this before. I was like, you know what? I'll just wipe down the seat in the tray table, uh, whether it's right. the flu or it's this uh, funky, uh, you know, uh, COVID-19, whatever's going on. I don't really want it. So and right. everybody at the airport looked at me a little weird as I would wipe stuff down. But I didn't care. Um, well, you look how fast that changed. I know. And I got back. I gone. got back and I got back from Michigan on like. March, gosh, March 10th or so. And I remember a couple days later, my parents sent me this news story about somebody had COVID in Detroit Metro Airport. And it's like, yeah, gosh, I bet a lot more than one person had it uh, because nobody had it in Michigan at that time. There was a kid or a member of the ASU community, as uh, Arizona State has put it, who was one of the first cases in the U.S., um, who had it early on. And I remember I was down on ASU's campus and uh, Gatos and Chad had me looking for students who were wearing masks, who were like freaking out about it. And I would go around and I would ask the students like, Hey, why are you wearing a mask? And, you know, we would, we would talk to the students. It wasn't like a bit like, you know, to make fun of the kids, but you know, we'd ask them like, Hey, why are you wearing a mask? And, and we talked to them and it was, uh, you know, gosh, you look at it now and, you know, mask mandate out here, have to do it. And, uh, Oh, yeah. It's a wild oh, yeah. time. Yeah, it really, it shows you how fast it changed, too. It changed really quick. When the word got out, the market, you know, my local uh, supermarket was trashed within 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 48 What's hours. your market you know, like now? Pretty normal. You know, everything is pretty much where it's supposed to be. I'm still, I'll tell you a, a couple things that pissed me off. Because mine's now. still missing some stuff, like cleaning products. Like I couldn't get, I use clean shower to like spray off my shower. Like the cleaning yeah, yeah, product yeah. aisle is still a nightmare. Um, and a also nightmare? like- Really that bad? Dude, I haven't seen Clorox wipes since March. And like almost all cleaning yeah, yeah. products at like any store, like if you go to a Home Depot, you can find some, but there's no way you can find like Clorox or Lysol. Um, and then also like I find that like there's just runs on stuff at times, like mac and cheese sometimes is tough to yeah. find. And like, well, you know, what's even harder to find. I'm on a health kick now. It's tough to, for me to find vegetables a lot of times. You know, I'm trying to do a joke. I'm trying to do a joke here. You said mac and cheese is hard to find, right? Yes. What else is hard to find? 
Mac and Gatos. No. <laughs> well, you know, I, I still know where Mac is, but he is not here, bro. It's all right. I don't really care. I just said it. This is a dull joke. I'll, anyway, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. give it up to you. That was a pretty good joke. If I had the bell here, I could go run and get the bell for you. Ding, ding. I'll I give it to I you. I have one. Wait a minute. I think I have one. If I go in. Dude, now, I've still I'm got the cool. Joe Crummy Memorial bell out here. Oh, Jesus. I had a, I had a couple where I thought I had one in my. Do you want me to go get the dang bell? I can get it. Oh, no, you don't have to. You know why? Why? There you go. Yeah, good joke, baby. There you go, my man. Okay. I, I knew I had one around here. Nice so. job, bro. But, um, uh, yeah, yeah. did you notice when all the, all the hard spaghetti was gone? I hated that. Totally. Like, oh, I had a friend who wanted rice, and I couldn't find any rice for him. Finally, I found a 10-pound bag, so I just bought it. Well, yeah. Well, see, everything is cool. Uh, I'll tell you what pissed me off. I wanted to buy a new computer uh, last week. I'm still using the same laptop <laughs> that I've got in 2011, I think. This doesn't surprise me. Yeah, right. I know. And, I, I, you know, my phone is way overdue, too. But, you know. but Are you still rocking like an iPhone 4? No, it's an, it's an iPhone 6. And I had two because I lost <laughs> one. And then I went out and bought another one to replace it. And then I found it the next day. Oh, <laughs> iPhone so 6? Man. It was, under my, it was under my seat in my car. I'm such an uh. idiot. But, you know, aside from the iPhone stuff. So I want to buy this, you know, the, a new iMac or whatever it is. And uh, Mac Pro, Mac, whatever it is, and uh, the 13-inch thingy. So I go, oh, okay, well, I'll go to the Mac store. You know, I got enough money. I, I get to say, maybe get my kid to buy it for me, get a student discount. I go, okay, I'll sell you the money. Let's go over to the iPhone, the iStore, or whatever you call it, the Apple Store at the mall. So we go into the mall, and the Macy's Anchor Store is open, and we walk through it, and it, there's actually some people in there, and everybody's wearing masks. And I'm assuming we can walk into the mall area where the – iPhone stores where the Apple store is, and it's closed, and I'm getting really pissed off. So then we had to go over to Best Buy and buy it, and of course they don't have it in stock. I'm noticing there's a lot of stuff they don't have, and I don't know whether they, that computer's made in China anyway, which means uh, you know it might be slow on the delivery. Dude, do I don't want, even know where they. Are. I don't think it's that it's an issue with China. I think it's an it's issue. Maybe it's not assembled there. I don't know. I think the issue, at least with food you know, that we run into is it's people in the food processing plants or packaging plants are oh, getting, getting the sick. virus and then yeah. they're working at reduced staff. My fridge went out and the yeah. linear compressor went bad. I had to go without a fridge for nine days because... Why? The, because you couldn't get anybody to, a worker to do it or there was no parts The evil it. manufacturer said it would take nine days due to COVID right. to get out here and replace the part. What, meaning what? You mean the, the personnel? That's because of COVID. They're short on personnel. Correct. Okay. There so you. I'm guessing hey. either they have people who are getting sick, or they're just being lazy and you know hoping that I forget about it and go away and don't need a fridge. All right. Well, how about this? Let me try to make another slam on China. Yeah, come on, one, again. one up. Let's go. I'm, I'm at Home Depot yeah. last week, uh -huh. and I'm really into outdoor lighting now. Low voltage outdoor lighting. And I know exactly what I want. I love the revolution in outdoor lighting over the last 10 years with LEDs. You get a lot more power now with a lot less water. It's just great. It's so liberal Very of different. you, bro. So liberal. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I hate LED lighting for a lot of reasons. But one reason I like it, 
especially with outdoor lighting for low voltage stuff, you get an awful lot of luminosity now, mm-hmm. uh, much cheaper than you did before. And the transformers that you used before, if you really wanted to light up your yard, you needed a 200 watt transformer at least. And they were expensive. And even that wasn't all that great. If you really wanted to do up your lawn. Now that's all changed. So I'm in Home Depot. Uh, let's talk about the lines there. And I started noticing that I wanted, I wanted the 35 watt flood. And I, I realized they're out of a they are out of a lot of stuff, and sure enough, it's all made in China. So I'm back to China again. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. You know, I can't get my my goddamn outdoor lighting, yep. and I'm getting a little pissed off. There you go. There you go. They all got the virus, bro. That's what I'm saying. They're like Can- fucking lighting. I, I just want the damn lighting, and I can't get it. Can I? I, I blame what? Can I bring up a, a a slightly sore spot with you that I that I want to work through? And right. the last time when I started— You're st- not going to talk politics, are you, John? No. No, 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 not a little, but not really. Uh, a little, uh, but not really. Because, no, I mean, I do it every day. You do. Like, and you know I don't like to talk way. politics on my podcast. I just kind of hang out and talk whatever. And, sure, we'll talk pandemic, but it's usually much lighter. But I, I want to okay, work through this with you because it's important to me. And it's important. Are you having issues? With no, it's important to our friendship. So the last okay. time I what? had you. What did I do? I didn't do anything. No, what did I do? No, you didn't. I took it personally because you know I'm a sweetheart. Uh, oh, what, the oh, last... no, 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 now it's back to what I did. What did I do? <laughs> the last time I had you on right. my show out here with right. Monica, uh, she was gone, right. and I had you on. Right. And do you know what you said that I took to heart and was like, ouch, that kind of hurt? What? What do you mean? It's what? It's not as good now that Monica's not there. No, dude, I uh, I don't have the show anymore. Now that. that I'm, you know, doing the whole EP thing, I I yeah, I don't do that. the show. No, you want to you you want to be on your own, bro. Right. So you you said that yeah. I was a liberal. Oh, that. <laughs> and and I uh, and at the well, time, no. No, okay. but I I, I I felt like it was just kind of a cheap slam, and I felt like, A, Ooh. you're much better than that, and I felt really? like, I don't think you even meant anything by it, because it's funny, like, I called you a liberal just now for using, you know, low-wattage LED right. and lights I, and or whatever, and you laughed about you it. Me, right, you called me a liberal, and I'm not going to sit around and stew right. about it for right. six months right. and get all pissed off and they call you right. back like you just did. No, right. I, I no, 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 no. I called you, we're, we're totally cool, <laughs> and we're jamming on the podcast, and I wanted you to know this because it's important well, but uh it, it, in the moment it uh, it stung well, a little because it's like here's here's what i would liken it yeah, to. But maybe you said something all lefty on me. i might have i well might have totally true and i'm not hey, dude hey, i'm i'm hey. not calling you on the carpet we're we're bros we're working through this no, i know but if, if hey if the if the shoe fits bro you know i mean i don't know what you said maybe right. you said something like you you got the hots for nancy pelosi there you go ding the bell said. bro with a little more Botox, she looks pretty good. There you go. But I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. That. I don't I know. know what you said. Maybe I know. You said something that I interpreted as, you know, hardcore and I know. lefty. I don't but, know. but see, here's where I'm going to go with you. Oh, you maybe you said something about babies in cages. Maybe you said that. Maybe, maybe, maybe. probably not. But here's where, here's where I'm going to go with you. And here's the only part of politics that we're going to talk about today. Okay. So I remember back when I worked with you at KFYI and when we worked together at KTAR, I would have said that you were just kind of a free thinker. That's how I would describe you. I would say you leaned right of center, but at the end of the day, you thought whatever you thought. But now 
I mean, I remember even when we were talking about, you know, like three or four years ago, the possibility of Trump becoming president. And the way you right. talked about it was that you ultimately, and correct me if I'm wrong, think back to right before he became president. What right. I recall you saying was that you wanted him to become president, not even that you thought he'd be a good president, but you felt the, the political apple cart had to be upset in the United States. Is that fair? Oh, yeah, easily. Oh, yeah. Um, but now I feel like you are you are totally on the Trump train. Is that also fair? I'd say 90 percent. Um, and there's a reason why. I yeah. Mean, well, explain, to me, explain to me why. Well, I mean, b- before uh, he got elected. That's right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I'll even go back to 2011. Because, dude, here's my observation. A lot of people who I think are on the Trump train, I think are kind of just empty headed and just don't really realize what they're saying. You're a really smart guy who I respect a lot. And I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that you're stupid to be into Trump. Trump No, no, because I don't. I think you're very intelligent. And I, you know, like, I'll tell you, like, look, I think Biden awful. I think Trump awful. I thought Hillary awful. I feel like we get lousy choices and the last three years have stunk. And I think no matter what happens in November, the next four years are going to stink. So I would like to know what about, you know, Trump? And again, we don't have to make it super political. Well, I mean, I I love him on foreign policy. I think he's incredibly good. Mm. I think he's a genius when it comes to foreign policy. And this is why I like Trump now. To, uh, the short answer to your question. Yeah, you're right. Before he was elected, I thought, oh man, this guy's a, a card. You know, he's really different. He'll upset the apple cart. That's great. That's true. That's before I watched him govern, and then I watch him govern, and I like him even more. And uh, let's go to foreign policy. I think he's a genius when it comes to foreign policy. I think he's the first United States politician to stand at the China. I think he's the first United States politician to stand at the NATO. I think he's the first United States politician to stand up to uh, the uh, the G7, the G12, the G50, whatever it is, and also the European uh, Union, uh, that mm-hmm. he stands up to them. I think he's re- – I that's why I'm more into Trump now. Not that he's perfect, because he's not. And, well, you know, nobody's perfect. Right, and he does a lot of stupid politician things that I, you know, I go, what? I mean, even during the debates when he was talking about health care, it was clear it was an inch deep and a mile wide with him on health care. But, you know, a lot of people don't understand health care either. But I, I love him on foreign policy. And uh, let me go a little deeper with regard to standing up to uh, the aforementioned bodies that I was talking about. Yep. I remember him going over and, uh, and giving Angela Merkel a lot of crap. And this is really cool. One of the reasons that uh, the United States had been doing so well is we are a net energy exporter now. And so much of that is oil. Oil and shale and the uh, technology that allowed us to get oil out of shale. I don't know how they like do it, but they do it. Right. So Trump is now, he's talking to Angela Merkel, and he says to Angela, he goes, uh, it was a NATO meeting. He's going, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, i I got to call you out because you just bought 30% of your energy now from Vlad Putin. Your natural gas you're buying from Vlad Putin, and I don't get it. Trump goes, I don't get it. Why are, you're supposed to be paying 2% of your GDP to NATO, which you're not doing. We're picking up the slack. We're paying for all of that. I'm in the market trying to sell you natural gas, but you're buying it from a guy that I'm supposedly protecting you from. Trump says, fuck that shit. And he's exactly right. There's nobody that would, and she was raised in East Germany anyway, so she's probably a little bit more friendly with the Russians than you might think. But I mean, it's that kind of stuff. 
when Trump calls these people out at that same NATO meeting, he was really cool. At the very end of the meeting, the first one that he went to, I figured that uh, that Anderson Cooper and Rachel Maddow were going to have him arrested at the airport when he came <laughs> home. I mean, they just hate that guy so bad. Yeah. But it was funny. He's at the NATO headquarters, and he he's he, his his big bitch is that you guys aren't paying your fair share. You're supposed to pay two percent of your GDP, and you're not doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll get to a big point in just a second. And he goes. This is a beautiful building. He's looking around at the brand new NATO headquarters, but his big bitches are not paying their fair share. And he goes, this is a beautiful building, you know, and he starts talking about the chrome and the glass and he looks at all of them and he goes, and I, I never asked you once how much it costs. What he's saying is, you guys don't pay your fair share, but you're going to build a big, beautiful, opulent headquarters for all the bureaucrats who ain't that special. See, what Trump gets about national security and the foreign policy of the United States, he is the first president to realize and to govern and to position the United States to understand that we are, it is not 1942 anymore. It is not, it's not post-war world anymore. We've moved on. It's not 1947. The Cold War is over. Over. The uh, NATO is obsolete, but and it needs to be rethought. Not that we can't work with NATO or make NATO something important, but to realize that w- the rest of the world now, in many ways, has caught up to the United States, and now it's time to be looking on for the United States. It's not 1950 anymore. And Trump gets that. He's the first president that I've seen who understands that. And I find that really cool. And I had no idea he was going to do that when I was telling you, well, at least he's going to upset the Apple card. He's done this on foreign policy. He's renegotiated NAFTA. Ross Perot was right in 1992 uh, when he said that giant sucking sound is going to be jobs going to Mexico. And, And he was right about that. He's gone now, as you know. And Trump gets that. He's renegotiated as much as he can with Mexico. How great it is. I really don't know because I don't read the fine print. He redid Canada, and he's working on China. And uh, I, I think there is no other politician. Look at Biden. He's in China's pocket already. His kid got paid off. It's guys like Biden, Dianne Feinstein, all those guys who sold out the United States to China over the last 30 years. They all were paid handsomely to do it. So I like so that's what I like about Trump on foreign policy. <laughs> and I that's think it's that's really cool. That's totally fair, bro. And you know that I'm not going to try to argue with you politically because you that's you okay. you live in that sphere much more than I do. Um, right, I do. Whatever. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I do my show, and I'd, I'd like to talk about that for a second about how much fun it is to podcast. I want you to. Can can I just? I'm not even going to push back. But so, and again. I think Biden. Well, I mean, that's but, just on foreign but, policy. But, I mean, uh, dude, everything you policy. said, I'm not going to fight on it. Uh, yeah. okay. my, my pushback is just that, and and it's a very lame pushback compared to your well, two, two to three minute that. rant. But I mean, I'm going to own it, and I think it speaks much more to my generation and the millennials. I just don't think Trump is a good guy. And oh, you don't like him personally. Uh, um, personally, and I think he. I wouldn't even go so far as to say that he is a racist, but I don't think he handles those, you know, personal issues very well. And he's just not as buttoned up. He's not presidential to me, which doesn't matter to a lot of people. And, you know, look, economy, 100 percent with you. He has crushed it. it. There's nobody in my lifetime who's been a better president economically. He's done a great job. Um, But the way that he's handled the virus and just the way that he's 
he's further went down this road. I mean, we definitely saw it with Obama, a little bit with W. Bush. Like, the meaning of what's presidential now continues to get watered down, and I don't like that. <laughs> Right, um, and 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 I would put that slam on uh, on Obama, whose books I've read. Trump, whose books I've read. W. Bush, whose books I've read. I just and it bums me out because I want a president who I feel like really governs for everyone, and I feel like we're never going to get that again, and th- and that sucks. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't feel that way at all, but uh, uh, I, I know that Trump rubs people the wrong way i mean i'll tell you 2011 when he was toying with running i hated him and and it's weird too because when when trump was doing the apprentice i never watched it i never and and whenever i would see it i never liked it it always looked bogus and stupid and contrived to me and you know so much drama with stupid music and dumb people b-listers it never interested me at all and even in 2011 when he was thinking about running for president I remember writing, uh, uh, I guess, blogs for WABC that, you know, he doesn't want to be elected. He wants to be crowned king and all that. (laughs) So I never really liked him. And it was only after he uh, came down the escalator in 2015 that I realized he was serious about it. And that meant a lot to me right there. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, when he did that, the stuff he said about Mexico, I think he could have said better and put better. Um, yeah, he, he yeah, you his know, tone, his tone gets him in a lot of trouble. And that means a lot to me. You look past it, which I will give you credit for. Well, I mean, to me, it's it's I mean, look, I was working with my buddy Juan uh, when he said that. Mm-hmm. And when he goes and some are good people, too, and all of that. And, you yeah. know, Juan was going crazy and he's an old buddy of mine. And, you know, I helped him get his citizenship a number of years ago. You he know, I, of course, am nicest. more, uh, I, I prefer Charles, but I know you do like one. Yes, his old buddy Charles, I remember that <laughs> uh, that crazy guy. I haven't heard from him in years. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> but uh, he was one of those guys from rehab that my buddy Chris uh, uh, Howard used to drag over. He used to, you know, and Chris was really sweet because he had all those uh, addiction problems all those years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those people who knew he had to stop or he wasn't going to live. And I've always been impressed with people who knew, you know, by the time they were 30 or whatever it was going to be, that they had to stop whatever, whether they were drinking or drugging or both, and they they realized they had to stop. Chris was one of those guys. I've known a few other guys like that that had to stop. Apparently, Charles was in the mix. And Chris turned around, and he would mentor those people. Of course, they would end up working for me, (laughs) and they weren't that great. But Juan turned out to be good. Right. But Juan had nothing to do with any of that. But he, you know, he was mad, too, when Trump was was saying that stuff. I mean, I I don't even want to bother. I mean, I don't think he's a racist. I don't think Trump is a racist at all. I I don't know if he is or isn't. I can't look into the man's heart. Only to me, I don't like when people say that he is, because to me, that is a deeply personal attack that very few people can actually answer. It's it's a cheap shot. I mean, do you think uh, like this week? I'll tell you something where I disagree with Republicans. Yeah. I mean, you know, lately, you know, this week you had what Joe Biden, who's who's calling every him a racist this week. Everybody was uh, Leo Terrell was he's been red pilled, by the way. But Leo Terrell was calling uh, a Biden a racist this week. Larry Elder, I think, was calling him a racist this week for some of the things that Biden said. Are you familiar with that? Uh, because of the comment about uh, black people um, and the, uh, yeah, the right, crack the, the, comment, the, the, that one. They're monolithic, right? They're all that Latinos are more diverse than blacks, with some exceptions, I think. He well, I know it, that he, he was talking to someone, I don't remember who, but he made a comment 
somebody had asked him about taking a cognitive test. And oh, he was talking about he was talking to that black reporter from CBS, the so, one he the, the one he said, I don't ask you if you're a junkie. Exactly. That 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 one I know CBS. about. Yeah. It was, it was the same interview. Anyway, yeah. so when he said blacks monolithic, um, uh, all, what did the right do? They jumped on him and say he's a racist. That's what they did. Yeah. Right. Both sides and play I, the same I, I, game, just different sides all the time. Yeah. But see, I don't play that game. I'm, as as you said, that's why I like you. Free, that I think you are a, a free, free thinker. thinker. And and if you go back and listen to what my podcast this week, I'm saying Biden's not a racist. Let's not do the same shit they do because you trivialize race. Yeah, he says dumb shit like you know when your dad says something dumb and you go, oh dad, don't you? Know, Dude, he's been saying me. dumb you know, crap for like thirty or forty years though. I mean that stand up Chuck line when the guy was paralyzed and couldn't get up out of the wheelchair. Biden said uh, all sorts of stupid stuff. Well, he, I guess he didn't know that the guy couldn't get up. Correct. The right. About, <laughs> the, thing, the thing about Biden, though, do you want? Do you, let me freak you out. Yeah. Let me freak you out. Sure. Biden. Biden was right. About blacks being monolithic in how they think. He's right. Hmm. Well, <laughs> that, well that's well, not going to get that, real that, far with the media, though. Well, I, well, well. That so much the better for me. That's great. There's ten. There's a five minute rap right there. But I'm just saying, look, take a look at how they vote. This is what I'm talking about. They get they traditionally get ninety. The Democrats get what ninety plus percent of black vote. They get ninety, and, and Trump is the first guy to start to actually chip away at that. Well, yeah, traditionally minorities Trump. almost always vote yeah, Democratic. I, I guess now, maybe not necessarily black- Latinos. There you go. See, so in a way, he's sort of right because, and 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 I would, and I even said it on my podcast. I wonder what Larry Elder would say. What would Leo Terrell say? Because this is the whole point that blacks traditionally vote black at ninety percent plus, and what do they get? Trump was talking about it. What do you have to lose? You keep voting for the Lori Lightfoots of the world or the uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms of the world, or all of these people. And what do you get? You don't. You know. You, what do you get? And and he uh, and I think he was right. So I and I don't want to fall victim to just ha ha. So and so's a racist. Ari Fleischer came out this week and said he's not a racist, and, mm-hmm. and he and he was right about that. And so am I. And Biden is just some old idiot that that uses a lot of stereotypes from the seventies. Who has you know because he's not really he's not like he hates black people. He served under Obama for heaven's sakes. You know, so it's not like he's a straight up race. I don't want to trivialize race. And you and get into all of this doing. on your. Uh... Your evil Absolutely. thoughts. It, yeah. How I, long I, are you I going these days when you record? Are you doing? You're doing six days a week, right? No, I do seven days you a week. Do I never seven a days day. a week. Oh my goodness! I, Even the I Lord rested. And 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 you know, well, let me tell you something. You know what I like doing about the podcast, which is great, is I'm having more fun now than I ever did before. And when I first started the podcast, I don't know how you feel, Joel. Well, dude, because you have no boss, you I, can do whatever the heck you want. Well, yeah, but in the beginning, let's talk about precisely that. I thought, okay, I can do whatever I want, and I could drop s bombs or f bombs. Yeah, it's not. I want, I've never you know. cared about you know language. Well, it's not that I was like, oh, all I'm going to say is f this and f that every five seconds. Right. But I thought, okay, well, that's good. And but what I didn't get, and I, I mentioned this to my my buddy from KFI a couple of days ago. He didn't seem to think it was very profound, but maybe it's just personally for me the hidden benefit to being free. This is really cool, and it's as deep as I'm going to go today. It's mm-hmm. yeah. I, I realize that that's why I'm the, I'm the best I've ever been right now, because 
because when I get in front of the mic every day, I am completely uninhibited and free to explore the depths of my psyche as far as I want to go with no repercussions, no Lori Cantillo, no boss, nobody coming in going, uh, Joe, uh, there's nobody to say that. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I am free to develop. And to me, that is the most exciting thing of doing this podcast. It's an unintended thing. I had no idea this was going to happen. I, I thought freedom meant, oh, I can drop F-bombs or I, I can punt the show if I want to, which I never, I never punt. Mm-hmm. But uh, to me, it has helped me to develop in ways that I never good to take the show to levels and heights that I never got to on commercial radio. So ever. what you're and saying is that the show is the best because you don't have a zinger there to uh, <laughs> to uh, tinkle <laughs> on your thoughts. There's no filter. There's no, I'm not I'm not second guessing myself. If I don't want to talk about something, I don't want to talk about. So it. So I agree I with you on that. But I would push back and say that I also think to Lori's credit and to uh, Russ Hill's credit when you were here at KTAR, I don't right. I don't know 100 percent what your relationship was like with Lori. I know some of it. And I, yeah. I have a pretty good idea that, you know, Russ was pretty hands off. I would push back and say, at least with the he two of great. them, I don't think they were really telling you, hey, say this. Hey, don't say that. Hey, you can't no, say this. That, hey, you can't say it, that. And as a producer, what? you and I never really sparred in terms of, oh, my goodness. I think we had maybe one argument in like three I or four years. One, and I know that, that you had him with Telercio a lot more than that. Right. Well, Mark, I, you know, did a lot of weird stuff in the beginning. But let me let me revise and extend my remarks. Then. Yeah. It's not just that you think the boss is going to come in or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Because, yeah, okay. I think you were pretty you free know, I, at, at KFYI and at KTAR. Right, yeah, but, right. Lori never, you know, you had a big stick. I wrote this in my book, but she rarely used it on me. She used it on other Planking on Headstones? Books. That book? Uh, yeah, my book, Planking on Headstones. I, I, I'm I familiar with it. I've read it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so let me revise and extend my remarks. It's it's also I think limitations that you place upon yourself. Maybe that's a better way. To that I think because is you, very true. You know because uh, because now with evil thoughts I'm 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 free. I've freed my mind. I can say what I want because I'm not worried about what well, Lori might not like it. And of course maybe she won't or you know, or you know somebody might come in from management over at KTA. Now I think you're like onto it. something. Now you I know, think you found and, the secret and, sauce. And yes. Can, Right, and it's a completely, it's something I had never realized in my entire life. Maybe it's just that you get mature the older you get and you wise up. I don't know, but there's, there, there's some freedom that I've allowed myself, maybe space that I never did when I worked for people because you were always trying to please other people and you, you, know, you want to keep your job and this and that, so they're always thinking about that. Now I don't think at all about any of those things, and I am completely free, and I really do believe because I do this show seven days a week. I never take a day off. I do it every day religiously uh, that I'm better now than I ever have been and more insightful and, and, and just as funny as I ever was. And I'm thrilled. I tell you, Joe, I'm really happy to be doing what I'm doing at a time when I see a lot of people uh, that have been around for a while that are now sort of aging out of the business. They, 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 they look lost to me. They don't know what to do. Not everybody, but a lot of people are like that. No, I, I I agree with you totally, and I do think I you're know. rejuvenated. Just this nice conversation I've had with you today, I can tell. Uh, how yeah. long are you going these days on the podcast? And and I will allow you to uh, give a nice cheap plug. Where can people get it if they want to check it out? 
it's available on you know a million different platforms. If you've got an iPhone, it's right there at iTunes. It's on Player FM. It's uh, Google Play. It's it's everywhere. Spotify. You big on Spotify, bro? Yep, yep. I'm on Spotify. Okay. Yep, and it's uh, Evil Thoughts podcast. Evil Thoughts podcast. Uh, uh, Joe Crummy, and uh, we do them. Uh, uh, they're always commercial free. Uh, we uh, we take uh, donations. That's all we do. And uh, the other thing I want to say is that it's 18 minutes every day, and uh, it is. There's no filler. There's no bullshit. We get right down to business every day, and I'm very proud of it. And it's from the you know it's it's from the the Trumpian sort of outrageous uh, end of the dial there. How but do you decide really on 18 minutes? Uh, it was interesting because uh, here's another thing. Uh, in, in a way, it's sort of arbitrary, but it's what I like about 18 minutes is that I call it, it's a polka podcast. It's like a pocket podcast. It's not a a podcast where I expect you to listen to me for a long period of time. The, 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 the sneaky thing that about my show is there's a fresh one every day. I don't expect you to want to listen to what I said yesterday or the day before. I just want you to hear what I want to say today about what's going on right now. So 18 minutes, it evolved. The first time I did a podcast, I set my timer, you know, at Siri, I go, Hey Siri, set the timer for five minutes. I remember Thinking, can I even talk for five minutes? Because I'd, I'd stopped for a couple of years, and I hadn't really done it, you know. And you get rusty. You really do. Yeah. And I remember, and, and I thought, okay, well, what if I just talk for five minutes? And I did. I think the first five, podcast I did was five minutes and 36 seconds. You know, I go, okay. You know, and then I thought, well, you know, let's, you know, you talk a little longer next time. And after a while, you do this, you do that. And then at one point, you know, it, it really got up to 18 minutes. And I like 18 minutes because if it were really, how long is, how long do you get 18 minutes in broadcast? It's probably at least a half an hour in broadcast, 18 minutes of actual talking. So if you, you talk for 18 minutes, how much, you know, how much would we fill with commercials? I mean, right. it'd probably yeah. be like, you know, I mean, 35, 36 minutes. Right. There you go. So it's. You know, and what I like about it is what what I notice when I listen to radio shows a lot, and I don't listen a lot anymore anyway, but I hear people... That's probably better for you, too, that you do your own thing and you don't try to, you know, poach what they do. You just do your thing. That that goes back to being free to do what you want to do. It's refreshing to people that they don't hear, you know, that homogenized crap from, you know, from you. It's authentically you, and it's not, you know... You know, 25 other hosts spitting out the same thing in their voice. That's the thing. What I'm not interested in is just repeating everybody's talking points. I could care less about that. And luckily, I'm at the point in my career right now where I, I am very confident in what I say every day. And that I, I want to, if I can give you a unique take on something, you know damn well I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't need to listen to other people. I mean, I do, you know, I, I watch, I used to watch a lot of CNN and. You know, we put all the clips on, all the outrageous stuff if we want to. Fox News Sunday today, Nancy Pelosi talking about the president. We'll put some of that on. We played Joe Biden on the bicycle. That That's that's sort of hot video over the last 24 hours. You know, if there's somebody screaming in Portland and it's good, we'll put it on. It depends. Uh, you know, I, I just like giving you my unique take on what's going on. I don't have to listen to other people. I'm not interested. I mean, it's not that I'm not interested, but I don't need them to do my show. So when I do 18 minutes, it's packed full of stuff. It's fun to listen to. It's something that you can listen to when you're commuting to work or you're coming home at night. You can pop it in. You can catch the whole thing in one sitting, and there'll be a fresh one for you tomorrow. It's not that any one podcast is the thing. It's that there's always a fresh one every single day for you to dig. That's what it is. I love that. 
Right. That's the thinking. And it, and it evolved generically. I mean, I started doing maybe two a week and then I thought, well, maybe I'll do three. And then I did four. I used to do eight. I used to do a, a Joe Crummy after dark every Saturday night. Yeah. People have asked go back to it. People have asked me, you know, what the heck this podcast is, and I tell them it's what I want it to be. It's a lot of different things. I mean, it started right. where I would literally just pick ideas out of a hat from stuff that people had right. submitted, and then it became, <laughs> well, no, I I, you know, during the pandemic, I don't feel like I can hang out with all the people who I want to. So I'm going to call them up and have fun conversations. And I want to do this, you know, book thing with my dad. So I'm going to weave those in there. There's times where I feel like I want a monologue and I want to improve my skill with that. So I'll sit down and hammer out a monologue for, you know, gosh, I'll just see how long I can go. Some days I can do 10 or 15 minutes. Sometimes I can go 30 minutes or 45 on a few different topics. And uh, what I like about me is that, you know, I don't feel (laughs) like I can be put in a box. I do different stuff. It's not like I'm trying to do this like any one other person. And my podcast isn't just, you know, thoughts on golf or thoughts on politics. It's whatever is inside my brain. It's like my musical tastes all over the place. Wow. I love it. Uh, bro, I, bro, I, I hope that. you know that I, I absolve you of your sin of calling me a liberal, and and I love talking to you. <laughs> Must have rang your bell, dude. <laughs> Maybe you said something evil. I don't know what you said. <laughs> uh, I, I, I sincerely hope, A, you know, we've... I'll talk to you for another, you know, however long you want to talk here today. But I hope that I can catch up with you again, you know, in a couple of weeks or a month or two. And and we can jam on more stuff because I, I hope, you know, sincerely, bro, I I miss you and I enjoy talking to you. You're a great guy. Well, you're very, very sweet, Joe. And, uh, you know, thank you. I'm sitting outside. I don't know if you can hear it. There's an actual jet flying. I did just hear it, but I'm totally cool with that. I dig the jet. Yeah, it's all part of uh, a groovy SoCal. I'm sitting out by the pool here. Yeah. How, how's uh, the uh, How's the mermaid looking today? She looking pretty good. She's sweet, baby. She's 1956. This pool was put. They pulled a permit for this pool in 1956. Yeah. For those we, of you we, who don't uh, know, uh, Joe has a mermaid painted on the bottom of his pool that is topless. Right, and she's topless. Right, and if somebody uh, put it in 1956, it's still there. It's pretty. It's pretty cute. And uh, we resurfaced the pool last year, me and uh, me and my kid. And so the pool's looking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're up on a hill, so the pool's a little tilted. It's not exactly level after all these since 1956. But it's still the, the pool's looking pretty good. Good deal. And uh, you know, so things are cool here, Joe. And I'm I'm really happy because we're having a, another record month for downloads, and I'm really happy about that. I, I believe uh, that today I got you at least like three more. You know, thank you. You're, you're welcome. I'll plug it one more time before you hang up on me. Dude, but, you're, yeah. you're totally free to. I mean, my podcast, like the downloads are very slow going, but like I don't like selfishly, you know, would I would my ego feel better if like 5000 people listened? Sure. But I am right. not doing this with the aspiration or expectation that a ton of people are going to download. Like I said, I want to have conversations that I haven't had before with people yep. who either I want to get to know better, people who are my friends, people who I don't know at all. This podcast is going to be what I want it to be. And if people decide they want to listen, that's cool. You know what? I love that. That's the best way to do it, you know, to be genuinely uh, motivated to talk about what you what is important to you and what interests you. And you'll be surprised. I mean, I, I to me, 
uh, I would keep doing that. And you, that's the way actually it's going to grow uh, because there are a billion podcasts out there. Most of them suck. Uh, they do. Uh, they're boring and they, they go on too long and the, the people have no business behind a microphone, but you know, they, they don't get it. Um, and uh, to me, I, I'm just thrilled. I mean, we're, we're, we're probably going to do just shy of 17,000 downloads this month. And I, uh, you that know, is you know, great. You know, and you know, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna keep going. I mean, I want. I want. You know, I want a thousand downloads a day. You yeah. know, and we're, and we're and we're we're slowly but surely it's building every single month. You know, we have a down month. Uh, June happened to be a down month, but July, you know, we came back, finished strong, and set the record. And August, we're just gangbusters right now. So, well, I, bro, I'm you probably really... lost a few to COVID in June, and then uh, somehow you bounced back in exactly. July and August. COVID probably took out half my audience in the in yeah. june and uh, you know i guess maybe they had children and now they're back that's right and uh, <laughs> the babies are listening you know so it's all great and uh, you know so i'm I, i'm more happy now joe than i have been in a very very long time that and, is important uh, I, I, yeah and i'm really happy to hear from you you're really sweet you tricked me into this you little bastard you I, know that. I told you 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 could uh, refuse and that i would have hit stop yeah, right there and deleted you it were, you were you you were rolling tape on it. Well, clearly you haven't listened to a lot of my podcasts because when I pop people on, usually I just pick up and go. And you know, well, that, it's funny because it's ironic because I was kissing your ass about. I was listening to your podcast <laughs> last week, and I thought it was great. Your your dad. I told you it was one of the saddest things I ever heard. Oh, his dad blew him off. No, no, you know my dad. His relationship with his dad, you know, he's told me that it was, you know, tough at times. And I don't want to go too deep with my dad on that. Yeah, I, would, I don't want you to, you know. I, I would like to understand it, but I don't want to bum out my dad. That's not my goal no, with and, doing this. not. That's why I loved it, because your dad loves hearing hanging with you. I, yeah. just, I just That's what I wanted to tell you when I was thinking about you last week. I, I played it for Eddie, and I go, this is so great. He's talking to his dad. You know, his dad's going to dig this. And then he was talking about how he... He threw his back out, and, yeah. and he was talking all about that. Oh yeah, that yeah, the cottage great. cheese carton. He wanted me to take his, uh, not his, uh, his uh, Chinese, uh, his student, but uh, his uh, ch- uh, cottage cheese carton of urine, and uh, flush it for him. And I refused. Oh <laughs> yeah, Ew. yeah. It's a few dad things. I remember my dad saying to me one time he wanted me to rub his toes. I said, "Gross! I'm not gonna rub your toes. <laughs> Get out of here." I would rub my I dad's toes. I'd be cool with that. Wow, really? I don't know. I'm going to ask my kid, will you rub my toes? He'll look at me yeah. like, what? Nah, I mean, yeah, bro, I, I know you totally, like, uh, you dig your toes. You <laughs> would send me those feet pics of you. and uh, Oh, yeah, we used to do, I would send feet pics to you oh, and yeah. uh, uh, Travis. Yeah. Why, why did I do that? I just because. <laughs> we were just goofballs. <laughs> yeah. We had a good old time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'd send you pictures of my feet. Correct. You know, we were working. Yes. That was funny, man. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, so I don't know. But, you know, your dad was great. He was talking about how he got hurt and, you know, his back hurt and talking about, you know, all the little things. Mm-hmm. And it was really sweet. And that he was really, what I liked about it was he was really relaxed. Of course. And, uh, Dude, I, there's going to be more of that to come up. There's definitely some stories I want him to tell. And then, you know, as we yeah. work through the book, I'm sure there'll be other things that I will uh, have to drag yeah. him kicking and screaming to share. Oh, you know what I was going to ask you about? How the hell did you end up at ASU? I mean, really, how'd you end up there? So uh, I went to a private Catholic high school in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I always wanted to get into sports broadcasting. And I definitely didn't have the grades to get into, like, Northwestern. I probably could not have gotten into Syracuse. I was good, but, I mean, keep in mind, this is a small Catholic prep 
you know, high school. And like yeah, I was in the top know, 25% of my class, but like that was like 18th overall. But the Walter Cronkite school was really good. And it kind of, so I applied to U of A, ASU, Michigan State, and Eastern Michigan, both my parents having went to U of M. My dad badly wanted me to apply, but U of M's not really a, a broadcast school at all. So I just decided like, Here's the weird thing. Like, I am a very shy but yet independent kid. And I didn't want to, you know, grow up my whole life and think, gosh, I should have done that. And I wanted to get away from my parents, not because they mollycoddled me or did everything for me, but I just wanted to force myself to have to be on my own. And, uh, oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. you know, I, I moved away. I, your kid moved away, too. He, he goes to what? Uh, it's, it's in, like, Illinois. I know that. Yeah, it's, it's Lake Forest. It's yes. right on the lake. Yeah. So and, I, I just uh, knew that beautiful. I knew that, you know, if I went to Michigan State, I would still be in this, you know, not rut, but where I would still feel this pull to come home every week. I might make new friends, but I knew kids who were going to Michigan State. I didn't know anybody who was going to ASU, and I figured it would force me to grow, and it has. Wow. Yeah, no, it's actually a very wise decision. I wouldn't exactly call the Walter Cronkite School uh, Loserville. Dude, it's not Loserville at all, but it's it's just that ASU, I mean, I just... Well, I couldn't get in any place. No, dude, I just got... Before I picked up the phone and dialed you up, um, I was talking to my buddy who said, like, dude, I had to go to community college before I got into ASU, and he said, I didn't have a choice. ASU was the only place I could get into. But let me tell you, ASU was more than happy to have me with my grades. They were good. Oh, yeah? How about this? I bet you U of A kicked your ass, all right? No, I got into every school I applied to. Oh, you got into U of A. I got into every school I applied to. I had very. I had a 3.56 in high school, and then I graduated from good. ASU with a 3.74. So yeah, I had all that good. Latin on my degree. I was magna cum laude. Well, see, anything over 3.6 really rocks hard, and 3.56 is damn close. 3.5 is good. Bro, I'm going to throw uh, three, one five, thing. Six. I'm going to throw one thing at you uh, yep. that— uh, I was going to throw at somebody else today, but they uh, they had to stand me up for the podcast. But it also applies okay. to you. I'm kind of okay. like there are just numbers that stick in my head. And I mean, phone numbers like yeah, yeah. I still like I just wake up and I know your phone number. Like, I don't even need to have my phone to call it. And the other person who I was going to put on today is another one of those people. Like, it's not everybody. Wow. Like, even my ex, I couldn't give you her phone number. But there's like seven wow. or eight random numbers. Uh, you're being, Why do you know my number? Just because you had to call it every day to talk to me? I don't, I don't think that's it. I just, I think it's because I probably had to know your number. Like, gosh, I had to have had a cell phone. I did. Back when I talked to you. Let me ask you this. Yeah. My theory is this, and you tell me whether I'm right. Yeah. The reason why you know my phone number is because you actually called me from the studio a lot, which meant you really had to use a regular landline. And so that's why. So you physically dialed those numbers. I'm sure you talked to me a lot on my on your cell phone when you were in the studio but i think a lot of times you would have just picked up a, a landline Most in likely. the studio yeah that's my theory that's probably true but then there are some you people like I, when, do when, 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 I do think that's it i do think that's it of course we would talk down the line uh during breaks yes so we would talk we would talk down the line right we weren't really 
uh, on the phone. No. But I think when you would call me every day to talk about uh, production meetings, et cetera, before we went on the air. We <laughs> Which were usually, uh, yeah, bro, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to come on and jam and I'm going to go and maybe do five or ten minutes on this. Okay, that's cool. We were but, not, I mean, you we were, were not you were the most produced. Me. Right, but you were, you were probably not calling me on your cell phone. You were calling me on a landline. Generally correct. There you go. And what do you got? And and if you got a landline, you got to go old school. You got to actually punch in the numbers. But right? what about like, like my my friends? Like some of their numbers too. Some ah, who well, I would see, talk look, to like every day. Others who I would not. That I would only call from my cell phone. Well, see, that's well. Now that you throw that uh, that that wrench into the mix, I don't yeah. know. I I don't yeah, know. I'm maybe. just weird with numbers. Like one of my stupid uh, human tricks is you can yep. throw out any letter of the alphabet and I can tell you the corresponding number like that. Like, wow. for example, like V is 22. <laughs> wow. What about, uh, this is great. What about I? I is nine. <laughs> that's good, man. I, I was going to say, oh, that's great. That's it, really good. Why just, is that? That's weird. You are weird like that. I know. I just, I don't know why I can do that. I can just do it. It's really stupid. Wow. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, 16. 16 is P. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's weird. It is weird. <laughs> uh, maybe you have other you know, reasons why you know the other people's phone numbers. I don't know. I don't know. Bro, is there anything else you want to hit on before I let you like uh, no, take a no, shower no, and do your thing? No. It, you know what? Just Evil Thoughts Podcast. Yes. 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's always commercial free. You it's can get it on Facebook too. You didn't you didn't pimp Facebook hard enough. That's where I see it like every day. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Sometimes there's a correlation between uh, social media and sometimes there isn't. There, there could be a day that I don't even, I, I post almost every day, but there are days I've hardly posted. You do six other downloads. You know, it's like, okay. And whatever. you have not uh, uh, you have not been banned by Facebook recently, too, which is I, great. I was. Oh, they were all over me oh, a year or no. two ago. They, made, they almost got my account away from me. They almost beat me. They almost mm. got me. Hmm. You want to hear the story? Sure. All right, I know we're just rolling here. Dude, just do your thing. I don't care. Go. I I used to post a lot in Trump groups, you know, try to, you know, uh, uh, try to put your podcast link everywhere. And, you know, people were pretty brutal. They go, get out of here. You know, they don't care. But I I would post in like 50 Trump groups every day. And Facebook really hated that. And so they would say, well, there's something unusual on on your account. So we're going to, you know, uh, you better sign in with a new uh, account. what was it? Uh, they changed your password. You better change your password. They made me change my password 10 times in one month. And one time they said, you've been suspended. And they said, not just because you're not supposed to use Facebook that way, they said. And they said, you've been suspended and you can get your account back uh, if you can prove it's really you. And hmm. I'm thinking, why are they doing this to me? I'm just, you know, like, what? And they go, we're going to put up a, a bunch of pictures. I swear to God, they did this to me. Mm-hmm. I have thousands of people on my Facebook page. Most of them I, I don't even know, right? They're just fans. You know, my Facebook page is for fans. That's It's not, you know, that's what it's for. It's not for arguing. It's not for other people to come by and drop F-bombs and tell you how much and they for people it, who dig you and, and want to comment right. on and evil it, thoughts. Right. They want to comment on the show. That's what the Facebook page is for. I don't go to other people's pages and comment. Sometimes I'm, uh, 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 what is it, uh, uh uh, tantalized, what's a better word for it, tempted, you know, but I don't do that. I don't want to start fights on people's pages. I just don't. So I stay off of people's pages. I don't go to other people's pages and argue about politics. So people come to my page. I, I just delete them or, 
ask them to stop or whatever. And if they don't, then I block them and all. But I forget why I'm even telling you this about Facebook. There was a point I was going to make. What was it? Do you even remember? Yeah, you were going to explain how you got blocked or almost got blocked and you had to oh, fight yeah. to so get it back. It. Thank you. See, this is this now. This is a producer, everybody. That's what that's I do, bro. I, I'm always right here there. for you. I actually listen. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's that's what they do. If you want to know what they do, he just did it. Okay? Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's that's it. Hey, that's I'm a pretty good one. Like. I gotta say. <laughs> that's why we love this kid. You know, we love this guy. So they said to me, "All right, so we're gonna put a bunch of pictures up of your friends, and if you can." Tell us who these friends are. You have to get eight out of ten or something like that. Then, then, then we'll believe you're you, and we'll give you your, you know, your account back. I went what? You know, because I'm thinking oh, there's thousands of people. You know, it's not like I have forty friends and they're all people I know. You know, it's like the most of the people you never met, you never even met. Them. So were they <laughs> accusing? I think I know what they were. They were accusing you of probably adding too many friends in a day, which is what the bots do a lot of times. Were no, you adding, adding a lot of people? No, I wasn't. I was posting in too many pages. Okay. Didn't like that. All right. And but I was physically going to, you know, I think at my height, I was going to fifty two, fifty five Trump pages. You know, two two or three California Trump pages, uh, Trump pages in for New York, Trump pages all over, you know, Trump friends. You know, this and that, all kinds of the Trumpsters. You were just you know, totally Trumpster fired out. Right. And, yeah, it's a Trumpster fire. And, uh, you know, so I would go to all and, and I would put the same post on each one. Uh-huh. I would put the show notes and the picture that I was using that day in a link. So to the they show, felt like right? you were like spamming or something? Yeah, well, I guess so. But I mean, I don't know. It's a it's a Trump group that I'm a member of. Why can't I post? It? Right. I get it. I'm a member. Sure. You know, but I would do 55 pages a day and they would go through, by the way, and erase them all. <laughs> they would take them all down. Absolutely. They would take them down. Evil. And then they would take them off of my page, too. And then they would they would give you a three-day timeout. And I was going, that's harassed. They would harass the Shiite out of me. Yeah. And they and their reasoning is Facebook's not supposed to be used that way. I'd go, what? Yeah. So they said, all right, you can get your account back. And this is after changing my password 10 times in one month. 10 times in one month. <laughs> and so they said one time, okay, you uh, uh, we, we're locking you out of your account. But we'll give you a chance to get it back. If you can identify, you know, eight out of ten of these, we're going to put these pictures up. And if of you your friends. Of your, quote, friends. And I'm thinking, well, sure enough, they put up pictures. And I, luckily, I was just able to get it because some of the people I had, I had to guess. I didn't know who it was. They would give you, I think, multiple choice, too. And on like, Facebook, so, like, yeah, sure, it started out with real friends. But now you can have thousands of people exactly. and heck if you know if they're your friend or not yeah and i thought that was really unfair i mean but you know i'm thinking you guys what a bunch of assholes i mean really i mean that's what they did to me mm-hmm. so i don't bother you know i don't post in uh, a lot i have about two or three facebook pages one two of them three of them i think are dedicated to the show and uh and then i've got one private page that i never go to the E.J. Crummy one, I never go there. But, you know, that's my private, you know, personal page. But everything else is strictly to promote the show. And, you know, and I just post there now. I don't really post in other places. So I stopped doing it because they almost got my account. And they, and what are you going to do, call them on the phone and go, hey, give it back to me? They'll never pick mm-hmm. up. They'll never talk to you. Go, oh, please. 
But I am looking at today's today's evil thoughts right now entitled Biker Dude. Joe Biden actually rode a bicycle yesterday, apparently proving he's got the physical and mental qualifications for president. Apparently he does. He was riding a bicycle, and uh, so he's ready for the White House. He'll ride that bike right into the Oval. Bro, I will uh, take the check when you notice that those downloads go up at least like three clicks. Oh, you know what? I'll be looking for it, Joe. Always mm-hmm. a pleasure talking to you. And again, I want to say to you what a what thrill it was to listen to you talk to your dad last week. Dude, I'm going to do more of that. And I will. Uh, I consider you like a surrogate father slash friend. And I will hit you up in a few weeks, bro. All right. You're a sweetie, dude. We'll talk to you later. Bye, bro.